You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. We are back after a brief hiatus. I'm Maddie, who's, I guess, staged a coup or something and taken over hosting duties for Mark today. Um, and I'm back with Gordy and Michael. How are we doing today, gang? Superb. Excellent. I'm uh, I'm managing. (laughs) So we've got a wide range going on today, which just feels pretty right. So uh, we wanted to do just a quick little special edition emergency pod because we've got actual hockey happening. Um, The medal games for World Juniors are happening tonight. Um, Actually, the first one is happening literally right now but uh i think we're mostly going to be talking about the gold medal game because we are representing the u.s and canada here which is very exciting um but yeah so we're just here to chat a little world juniors um i guess we can start off with the flames prospects they have four who have been in the tournament uh jan kuznetsov for russia dustin wolf for the u.s and then Connor Zari and Jacob Peltier for Canada. Um, guys, any sort of impressions on the Flames prospects specifically? Yeah, I think uh, Kuznetsov is definitely a guy I tried to watch a little more of this tournament. I mean, he plays in the NCAA, and that's, I'm not going to lie, that's not a league I'm ever going to tune in and watch a game out of that. So. Getting to see him plays pretty good. I mean, I don't really watch any CHL either. So seeing Pelche and Zeri, you know, without any kind of preseason, seeing them get to play is pretty cool as well. I mean, it's it's going to be a lot easier to cheer for Canada tonight with uh, Wolf on the bench. So this is the one game where I'm kind of glad he's not playing. But, you know, he's going to get out of this saying he didn't let in a single goal. So that's that's not too shabby. Yeah, he's he's been an interesting one. Um, Wolf, that is. I definitely like came into this one figuring we weren't gonna see a whole lot of him just because, like this U.S. team, it's pretty clear that it's Spencer Knight's team. But he did have that pretty disastrous first game, which opened up a little bit more playing time for Wolf. And I liked what we saw from him. I mean, I think he's been good. Um, and. I think being able to sort of stabilize things coming in in relief was exactly what they wanted to see from their backup. So really no complaints there. Uh, Michael, any impressions, thoughts? I mean, like, I'm just kind of sad that Wolf happened to be in the same, like, birth year as Knight so that he would never get to play. Because I feel like any other year he'd pretty much be, like, the number one starter on any team. I don't know. I thought he did well against Austria. I really like Peltier in the tournament. I thought I think he's up on the first line now, and I just think he's really gotten better as it's gone along. And 
I think part of it perhaps is that he did get to play something like 15 games already in the Q Q this season, which uh, I've noticed some of the guys in the tournament who have played in the QMJHL already this year do seem to have a bit of a jump quicker than some of these guys who might just be getting back into hockey. So, uh, yeah, I've been happy with his performance. I think Zary's been fine, too, kind of on the – I think he's been more often the 13th guy, but I think he's been all right. And, yeah, overall I'm pretty happy with the team as a whole. Yeah, um, I think what I've liked about Zari specifically is, like, it's a tough ask to, you know, come into a tournament like this one probably when you're used to playing more minutes to then be knocked down to very, very few and still have your game work. And I I still think he's been pretty effective in a more limited role. So um, that's definitely a, a positive that I can come away from. Yeah, and I mean they they say it all the time. It's a cliche at this point, but it's a it's a 19 year old tournament. So, I mean, Pelche didn't even make the team last year as an 18 year old. So, and I mean, Zary's just going to get some valuable experience. And if he's more than likely back next year, like he, he'll definitely be a a leader for this team. I think. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard to sort of overstate how important that experience is, you know, if he's going to be back next year to just do some more cliches, uh, just turning it into a hockey man show over here. But uh, no, I, I definitely think there's some truth to that for sure. And um, if we're ready to sort of pivot, um, moving away from just the Flames prospects, has has there been anybody who's really – really stood out to you uh, so far in this tournament outside of Canada um, or on Canada, who's not a Flames prospect, but um, yeah. Anybody, anybody standing out to you? I wrote down four guys here. I just kind of told them to touch on. I really was, you know, kind of intrigued to see, you know, Yaroslav Askarov play after kind of all this hype around him. Like there was, you know, talk he was going to go as high as like, you know, within the top 10 this year. And man, I've never, I've seen lots of, you know, forwards, defensemen try to do too much, but I have never seen a goalie just consistently try to play way beyond what he needs to. Like, I've never seen a goalie lose his stick more, try to make like two line passes. Like he was a, he's quite the character. I mean, very talented, super athletic, but yeah, I I didn't expect to see a goalie kind of, playing that way I think it might have hurt him more than it helped and then of course Trevor Zegras is I mean I had never seen that kind of skill from him before and he's just lit this tournament up along with Cozens and then the last guy I want to touch on I've been really impressed with the Finnish guy named Brad Lambert who's a top prospect for the 2022 draft and I mean as a fresh 17 year old he is just so quick and such a great shot and vision like he's he's really going to start to shoot up these draft rankings as that draft comes up I was super impressed by him and usually I mean you don't really notice the guys were in cages as much as the guys were in shields yeah I, I saw a great tweet I forget from who that uh Brad Lambert is a WHL name playing in Finland and I just love that but uh <laughs> to keep it professional also I've been impressed by his play as well uh michael any any favorites 
Um, yeah, I would say Gordy kinda of hit some of the guys I've been watching. But yeah, I thought Zegris, like even I was when I was watching like the pre tournament game for the US, the first couple, like I I know we kinda of got into it last night, but I was just I couldn't believe like based on seeing his skill that he ended up falling to ninth last year based on uh just how good he was looking through the tournament. I know Maddie, you and I were talking about it for a bit. Like, are you in the same boat I am where it's just like it's crazy where he ended up being drafted versus how good he's looked? Yeah, I I remember watching that draft too and thinking like just being shocked in the moment that he was slipping as far as he did. Um I maybe it's sort of nitpicking, but I I really think he should have been a top 5 pick if I'm completely honest. Um Yeah, he's somebody I I've, I've really liked for a while. I mean, coming into the draft even um last year's tournament, he had a huge bean pot tournament too last year so he's just so much fun and i've loved seeing him actually get like a really significant role in this year's world juniors because for whatever reason he got stuck on the fourth line for them last year um so i'm 100 percent here for the uh for the revenge tour this time around yeah i've been really impressed with him too another guy i've kind of liked who i've just kind of watched on the side um he plays for Germany, but his name, I think, is John Jason Paterka. I think the Sabres drafted him this year. I don't know. I was just, I wasn't particularly watching for him, but I just kind of noticed, like, as I was watching, that like, he was kind of always involved. I, obviously, Stutzel can get all the attention, but, like, I thought he was a really good, like, secondary punch for him, and I was kind of surprised to see he had 10 points in five games for Germany. In fact, I think Germany has, like, three of the top five scorers in the tournament, which I don't anyone would really recognize unless they're looking through the stats like I am now. Like, um, I thought he was good. Um, yeah, then there's kind of the obvious, obvious guys like Cousins on Canada. Um, and I thought, yeah, those are kind of the main guys who stood out to me so far in this tournament, for sure. Man, could you imagine if Germany came into this tournament with, like, an actual full, healthy roster? I just Like, yeah, they were right there. Like, yeah. I, I thought, like, yeah, if they kind of throw away their first two games against Canada and Finland. You and Finland, they did pretty well against, like, I don't mean if it broke a little bit differently, they could have grabbed the third spot in the division, maybe gone on the run. But like, yeah, it was too bad they just couldn't quite get it all going with like the COVID stuff. Yeah. On kind of a yeah, separate yeah. note. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say on kind of a reverse note, is there anybody you guys have watched that's been kind of a disappointment or kind of a letdown than what you expected? Ooh. I I don't know that he's necessarily been like a full letdown, but Askarov has definitely been a weird one for me. He had a weird tournament last year too, and it's just like I don't wanna put too much weight on it because it's you know, they're kids and it's a short tournament, but like ugh, it's been weird, man. Yeah, for me, yeah. like I don't know, like there's a lot of people that seem to be on Quinton Byfield for some reason. I don't I haven't really noticed. I know he's that one big game, but like in a way, yeah, I kind of really noticed him. But again, I don't want to jump too much on top of him because I know he's still like a very good player. And yeah, that's probably the only name I know. Like, like generally, people seem to be on, but like other than that, I haven't really noticed anyone specifically. What about you, Gordy? Yeah, you, you took a right out of my mouth. I was gonna say 
I mean, Byfield's going to get absolutely carried by that one big game he had, but man, like, like, like you said, like, I don't want to write him off too quickly, but like, he's got bust written all over him. Like how many, how many times have we seen kind of a physically large junior player who kind of dominates their perspective league or respective leagues come into the NHL and they no longer really have that physical advantage and it kind of, their game kind of falls apart. So, I mean, that was a huge game for him, but otherwise he, he was kind of an anchor on that Pelche-Zeri line early in the tournament. Yeah, I don't know. I think well, I feels a weird one for me, and I, I think he's been fine. I'm not super, super fussed about it because, again, it's that thing like, yes, you want to draw conclusions from watching these kids play against the best players in their age group, but also it's a short tournament and it's so weird. And on the other side, you have guys who have huge world juniors and then are still struggling to figure it out at the pro level. I've I've seen people talking a lot about Casey Middlestat recently, who's been kind of the the poster child for that. Uh, So yeah, but I think it's, it's a valid concern. Um, if it's sort of raising the alarm antennas, if you will, about him. Um, definitely something to, to keep an eye on at the very least. Yeah, I was just thinking there might be like, I don't know, Maddie, you might know this a bit better than myself just because you've probably watched more U.S. games than I have. But I've heard and seen that Cole Caulfield hasn't quite had the tournament people were expecting. I don't know if you can kind of back me up or tear me down on that, like, that's just kind of sense I've gotten from a lot of people who've watched the tournament a lot more closely, especially the U.S. games. Is that kind of the case, or what do you think? Um, I would say, I don't know. He's been fine to good for me. Um, he's also just getting sort of unlucky where, yeah, I don't know. He's still generating, I think, some good chances, but he's not getting the bounces or just, like, not quite elevating pucks when he needs to. Uh, I think he's fighting it a little bit, but um, I have seen people getting, like, really fussed about it. Like, everybody who said that it doesn't matter that he's small and he should be a top-five pick. Like, you guys were so dumb. Look at this now. Like, I think that's kind of over overblowing it, but, yeah, it's... uh. I think I was expecting maybe a little bit more from him, but I'm not super, super down on his performance, I would say. I don't even know if I'd jump on Caulfield all that much, but like, I don't know about you guys, but I've sure felt like, like the U S has kind of been carried by their defensemen and bottom six. Like I think Farinacci leads them in goals. Obviously Zegers is at the top, but like, Caulfield, Kaliev, Turcotte, like they've all they've all just been kind of, you know, kind of almost piggybacking off of Zegers' success. Like I, there's all this talk about Turcotte needing to have a better tournament after last year. And like I know his, his points are up there, you know, it helps when you win 11-0. But like, I don't know, Turcotte, like would you have taken Turcotte four picks above Zegers now? It's, it's not looking that way. Yeah, and – I can't remember if I was talking about this in our chat or the, the broad street hockey chat, but he's yeah. Turcotte's a weird one for me where it definitely seems like he's been fighting it a bit in this tournament. Um, Yeah. I think there are definitely games where you could point to and be like, he's been kind of sneaky good, 
in them, but I think given the pedigree, it's fair to be like, well, I would like him to be overtly good. Thank you very much. So yeah, that, that that's a tough one. But um, I think that is as close as we're going to get to a segue. Uh, we've got the gold medal game coming up, which I think we're pretty excited to talk about if we can just take a quick sponsor break so we can pay the bills. We will be right back on the other side of that to uh, uh, fight each other, probably, about this gold medal game tonight. And we're back! Hopefully you enjoyed that product and or service that was advertised to you. I know I sure did. Um, gold medal game tonight, guys. Are we are we excited? Are we scared? How are we feeling? Uh, the the last Canada US game was awesome. I think it was 2017. I I don't wanna don't wanna bring up the outcome of that, but it was a <laughs> it was a great game. I'm like if I have if I have one wish for tonight other than Canada to win, it's like just please don't go to a shootout. Like it's it's the absolute worst outcome for like a gold medal to be decided on, like regulation or overtime. Just just please no shootout again. Oh yeah, hard agree. Yeah, for me, I'm like, well, I'm excited for the game. I'm also like low key excited to see how high the uh, 50-50 gets. Like, have you been seeing that all night? It's just like going off the charts up here in Alberta right now. Oh my god, yeah. Are you guys? Are you buying into that? Are you maybe gonna get rich after this? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think Gordy and I are in a group with a couple other guys, and we've been buying in like the last couple games. And I mean, I think the winner last night pulled home like five million dollars so i mean like something like that would be pretty nice i mean i still bonus to start the year oh man what a that would be insane it's just That's like the one this would be our this... last podcast. sorry what was that gordy sorry i was just this would be our last podcast if we do win <laughs> honestly fair yeah it's I don't understand why things like the 50-50s just absolutely go off in the province. Like the same thing happened when the uh, when they did the double playoff games in the Oilers. Oilers. Like I think I was buying into it. I'm not even an Oilers fan. Just cause I, I'm trying to look up exactly what their numbers were. But for whatever reason, especially they just love their 50-50s. So yeah, it's it's really exciting uh, to watch when win a bit of money too. <laughs> It's so good. Speaking of that, uh, the last Canada U.S. gold medal game, which was in 2017, we, me and Maddie, I know for sure weren't with the site yet, but we, we would have missed out on an even, even more brutal and more troubling matchup because he had Tyler Parsons as the goalie for the U.S. Who's, I mean, I don't really call him a prospect. He's more of a band-aid at this point but then you had carter hart who of course is the flyers franchise goalie as canada's goalie so like that would that would have been a much much more heated debate i think because we i mean i was kind of rooting for parsons even though he was on the u.s and i'm sure flyers fans were certainly rooting for hart being in canada's mouth mm-hmm. oh man somebody would have gotten fired or like killed <laughs> In the group chat at that point. 
hopefully there's no Troy Terry on the States this year because that was, that was just not fun every time he had to come on the ice for that shootout. Yeah, no thanks. So um, do we want to get into predictions? How do we think? I mean, obviously we know how we're rooting in this game, but <laughs> outcome-wise, how, how are we feeling? I don't want to be like particularly like smug here, but like it, it's been kind of a boring tournament as a Canada fan. Just like there hasn't even been like a single close game, and I I don't particularly think the United States has th- that good of a roster. So like I, I don't even feel like it it might be close again. I think it might be like like a four one Canada win, something like that. I just I have a bad feeling it's it's going to be a letdown in terms of the quality of play. I hope you know that I'm taking that super, super personally. <laughs> like, I'm just going to end the pod right now. <laughs> That's fine. I, I I stick by my words on that. <laughs> I will say I have two points. I am, like, I am afraid of Canada. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. Um, but I do think there may be some uh, some cosmic good things happening because it's cam york's birthday (laughs) and i don't know we saw caulfield's birthday was a couple days ago i don't remember yes but he got a goal on his birthday and they won on his birthday i don't know is the universe gonna gonna let the u.s team lose on cam's birthday i sure hope not because that would be brutal um that's that's my analysis that I'm bringing to the table here, guys. It'll be the fitting. Uh, it'll be the fitting punishment for taking Cam over Caulfield in that draft. So yes, they will most certainly lose. <laughs> oh man, Michael, what do you think? Where are you at? I don't know because I was kind of in the same boat as Jordy, just because like. From what I heard, it's like Canada hasn't allowed an even strength goal yet in the tournament. Like things like that, where they're just—he's right. It just really hasn't been close. Even the games that were like three nothing or three one, like even those games, like you didn't feel like the other team even had a shot. But like, I don't know. It's Canada U.S. It always ends up being kind of crazy, no matter how good or bad the rosters are for these teams. So I'm thinking like, I don't know. I'm thinking like a three-two game, something like that. Maybe even pushing overtime. But I'm thinking it's gonna be like. I think Spencer Knight's going to have a good game, as unfortunate as that is. I'd like to see Dustin Wolf find his way in there, but unfortunately that means he's getting shelled. But no, I think we see like a 3-2 game. That's how I would probably call it, with like a goal in the last five minutes to decide it, probably. Yeah, that feels right. I I think it's I think it's going to be a close game. And I don't know, Is the, are the U.S. probably going to be the first team that Canada's faced that can really really skate with them do we feel like that's fair i mean russia was a pretty good team yeah i i think out of all of them like canada definitely did have an easier group stage like finland was really the only other team in their group that really could even try to push them i know they didn't have a great roster either this year so yeah like i think the states would be the toughest test by far they faced in the tournament yeah, if nothing else, I this one's going to get weird. Like, last night's game already got weird. 
and I just feel like there's no way like it's just it's gonna get worse but I think I'm here for it it would it would be a it would be a very fitting end to for Canada to have not trailed for a single second in this tournament and then like give up a goal in the last minute and lose the gold like that would be like that would be like a 2004 final where you know flurry shot it off the defenseman into the net for the winning goal like it like it'll probably be an ending like that if canada loses i think i want that just for the takes (laughs) but we know that i love chaos so yeah i'm definitely just firing up twitter tonight and just watching like every single like small mistake get absolutely torn apart and stuff like that <laughs> oh, what a fun time of year uh guys do we have any closing thoughts we are just about out of time here it was a lovely last podcast uh, me and mike will be sending i'm sure postcards from wherever our 50 50 winnings take us but it's <laughs> yeah, it's been a pleasure well, if we worked for the government here, it would take us somewhere warm, but I don't think that's how it <laughs> I love that. We are we are manifesting 50-50 winnings for you guys. Uh, we're going to close out with a reminder to Twitter people. Please don't be mean to kids online. <laughs> like, whatever happens tonight, let's not bully literal children on Twitter. Like, it's not that deep. That's my my closing note. And I'll step down off my soapbox. Sadly, it does need to be said, though. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh man. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see if all of us are still friends after this game. Um, It's going to be fun. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. That's about all the time we have. I've made a note here that if you enjoyed this podcast listener uh be sure to check out our feed you can find us on apple podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, google podcasts and wherever else you listen to your podcast i don't know what else is out there but guys thanks again for joining me this was fun good to be back sorry to maybe not be back after this go usa <laughs> Thanks for having us. And uh, go Canada.